I'm Gab. He's Jules. Lovely blue skies over West London. Not so much over the Lawrence uh, household. It's a Champions League week. We'll be talking about Paris Saint-Germain. We'll be talking about a lot of other stuff, too, because I, I thought it was a pretty amazing uh, uh, midweek. A lot of situations, a lot of tremendous goals, late goals, a lot of turnarounds, a lot of comebacks. And we'll be talking World Cup and Klopp and VAR. But we got to start at St. James's Park. Um, I think Newcastle, 4-1 suggests beatdown. I don't know if it was as much of a beatdown in terms of what we saw on the pitch. Psychologically, yeah. Newcastle could ask for a bigger boost. Paris Saint-Germain couldn't ask, I think, for uh, a bigger demoralization, yeah. maybe even a delegitimization of Luis Enrique. Yeah, that may be a bit too far. Uh, but he got it wrong, completely wrong. His tactics, the formation, the 4-2-4... You can, I think you can get it wrong. A lot of managers do. As long as you correct it at some point, as soon as you see that it's wrong. And that's my issue. Maybe the biggest issue I've got on that game on Wednesday night is that Newcastle did everything you expected them to do. The high press, the intensity. They didn't have much of the ball. They didn't really want the ball. They didn't really play. But they were very efficient in everything they did. Everything went their way completely. And it, it was all them. Great. They deserved their win. For PSG, once the 4-2-4 doesn't work and you can clearly see it, change it, do something. And instead, he kept it all the way until the end. So, in terms of Newcastle, I think we have to underscore that there's no Sven Botman, who nope. I, I know Dan Burns in fashion and gear and Trippy and all this stuff. For me, Sven Botman is the game changer in this, he's in the this Newcastle. Best defender, yeah. And he wasn't there. Nope. And he wasn't there. And he's the guy with the legs who, you know, if you play a different way, maybe you can keep up or try to keep up with Mbappe, whatever. Joe Linton wasn't there, who gives you something, I think, very different. Callum Wilson, I know Isak played well, but Callum Wilson also, you know, not available, just coming back from injury. And no Harvey Barnes, again, another alternative, right? So let's give Eddie Howe credit for, yeah. for dealing with it, sending out the message um, to his players and, and playing that way. What I'm not 100% sure on when it comes to Newcastle is they're top of the group now, four points. Two games in which... In this game, they had 27% possession. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the possession stats were against Milan, but you know they were they were absolutely battered. They got nil nil draw. Do they have? Can they keep playing this way, or will we have to see the other Newcastle, which we see sometimes in the Premier League, but we haven't yet seen in Champions League, the one that's more aggressive, more uh, sort of foot forward. Yeah, even keeping the ball better and more, but they didn't need to really on Tuesday, on Wednesday night, because they scored early, they exploited PhD's mistakes, they were very, very clinical, I thought. The second goal, the burn goal, I think there's a handball from Lascelles. It doesn't explain why the PhD players stop playing. Lucas Hernandez is looking at the referee, Hakimi is looking at the referee when the ball is in play behind them. So PSG have, haven't helped themselves, but Newcastle were really great and without going on too much about the atmosphere, it felt a very special night, to be fair. St. James it's first Park. night back in Europe yeah, in since years. the sheer days. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so well done to them. The two clashes against Dortmund are key now because if they win them both, they are pretty much through. So home and away to Dortmund now would be massive. And yeah, you would expect them against Dortmund where they would be the favourite. In the two games, the Milan-PSG game, you could, you could argue that they were not favourite on paper, certainly. So maybe they adapted the way they played for that. Against Dortmund, they are the best team, so they will be favorite, and they maybe will have to play differently. All right, I'm going to try to put my Lucho hat on, and I'm going to go into the mind of Lucho. Oh, I, you know, I'm looking forward to this because I don't know how you would do that. Okay, so I think Lucho's a genius, as you know. Yeah, geniuses often get things 
often get things wrong because they try different things. I have less of an issue with the 424 because, at least to start, because I'm figuring, okay, look, I've got Mbappe against Kieran Trippier. I like that matchup. You know, so nothing Mbappe wrong. was playing centrally. Right, but could have won you know. he's gonna he's gonna he's you know he's gonna come out he's yeah, gonna go wide and stuff, right? That's also a mistake from some I like those matchups. Yeah. I like on the other flank Dembele against Dan Byrne, not yeah. because there's anything wrong with Dan Byrne, but because when you're the size of a building, it's difficult, right? You can run at him. So we play four two four, we compress the spaces, we run at them, we win free kicks, they're going to make mistakes. Right? I I, I kind of feel like that was the Game plan, Gonzalo Ramos is going gonna, is, is gonna to sniff around and something's going to happen. Instead, it didn't work out the way. And, and that's why I agree with you about changing it. I, I was shocked when they made, forget who it was, who, who, who came off. Barcola for Colomani, the same. The yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and you keep <laughs> yeah. the same shape. And I'm like, you really determined to die on this hill, are you, Lucho, at this point? Yeah, and he played it before. He played it like that, Clermont, at the weekend, they drew nil-nil. They didn't have chances to win that game, but he, you could see that they were just not ready for it and, and things like that. So it, it, I was really surprised at kickoff to see the lineup and then the fact that he didn't change anything at all. So, I touched upon this before, but first goal, Barquinhos, who never makes a mistake, gives the ball away, right? Yeah. Second goal, you touched upon it yourself. First of all, it's not fair to play with somebody who's as tall as Dan Byrne. But sure. secondly, there was a handball from LaSalle in the build-up. Yeah, right? You said that, so that goal shouldn't count. Um, third goal, sorry to say, it's Gigi Donnarumma. I'm it's, not even sure the shot is on target, by the way. I think he goes just wide or hit the post. Okay, well, Donnarumma is not a wide, you know. He's no, not, but he's it's, not a it's almost a known goal from him. Okay, fine. Pick on him. I, I think clearly that's... That's God egged on by the yeah. devil that is Milan fans to punish Donnarumma forever. Yeah. Fair. And the fourth goal, hands up, hidden hope, garbage time or thereabouts. He does that again. He sleeps. Hey, the guy's on the floor. He shoots on the floor. He goes top corner. I mean, come on. Okay. So technically, in a fair world, Newcastle score zero goals. And yeah, Newcastle fans, I am being Lucha now. The XG tells us it's even, but even then it shouldn't even be yeah. even. because 0.93094. Of all these gifts. So... Is, there, is, this, my, is this a fair no, Lucho argument? That both Eddie Howe and Luis Enrique said after the game yesterday, the, the score doesn't reflect. There's not, there's not three goals in between them. The fact is Dembele had two really good chances that he missed. And that Newcastle took everything that went their way because actually they didn't have that many chances. But they took everything that was in kind of around the six-yard box in Paris. They took it well, long staff. It's a great run. How can he be with so much space? In the half space like that is beyond belief. The set piece, the first goal, the mistake. So they did their stuff really well. When you only have, when the other team has 50% more midfielders than you do, you know, it'll happen that so, long staffs are going to be open. So now you're criticizing the 4 4 for the reason that I was going to. So now you took your Lucho hat off and criticized him because that's where the 4 4 doesn't make any sense. You know, he said after the game, we wanted people in the box. Okay, PSG had 12 crosses in this game. Only three were actually accurate. Okay. Uh, so, so you can have Gonzalo Ramos, you can have Diego Maradona, you can have Pelé, you can have Cristiano, you can have Messi, you can have whoever you want in the box, you and I, if there's just no ball coming into the box, there's no point having two 
center forwards. None of those people you mentioned, by the way, are particularly good in the air, with the exception of Cristiano and and, and Pele. And I think, but still, even if <laughs> the body's on the floor as a cross, especially when there's so many bodies, because body density matters in the box. And, and Newcastle, I thought, were very efficient in creating that density. And yeah, they're playing with ten men it. behind the ball. But just to finish on the four-two-four. He said he was the first, the, the the only one responsible for the defeat. They all say that, you know, it's not. But you knew that Newcastle were going to press you high, certainly at the beginning, when it was still nil-nil, or for them to try to maybe recover the ball high and get a goal that, like that. Because the, Newcastle were never going to score a goal where they bail from Pope and go through all this PSG team. It was not possible. I don't think they are good enough for that, to do that. And certainly they chose a different game plan. Good on them. When you take away a third midfielder like Luis Enrique did, instead of playing the 4 3 you play the 4-2-4. So you take Vitinha out, for example, right. for the sake of it. But it could have been anybody. You obviously took away another option for any time Marquinhos, Skrinha, Hakimi, Donnarumma or Lucas Hernandez is on the ball. Because in front of you, you only have your front four who are usually quite higher up on the page, so far from yeah. you. And unless they drop, which is what Gonzalo Ramos is supposed to do, Dembele did a little bit. Apart from that, it's only Zaire Emery, who's 17, and Ugarte, who's not, let's be honest, he's a lovely player, but he's not the most technically gifted. So that's, that's the only target that you have to build from the back, and it's not enough. So you invited even more pressure, and after 10 minutes, once Newcastle worked out exactly the PSG kind of build-up way, then they were very efficient in the press. I think you nailed it uh, with your assessment there about about the press and, and, and the difficulties that, that led to, you know, the, the, the first goal and the mistake from Marquinhos. But it, this is on the players. And, no, no, I know. You know first of all, should hoof the ball on the M whatever that is by St. Well, Park. Mix it up a little bit so that, you know, hey, you've got these fast players. If they're going to stay up, because if, if they stay up, you're also pinning uh, Newcastle players back, which presumably was part of the plan. So you take turns coming back. It wouldn't hurt Kylian Mbappe, by the way, if he got off his backside occasionally and says, hey, let me come back, pick up the ball in midfield, see what happens. Does Trippier come with me? If he does, I say, ha ha, Kieran, I laugh in your face. I knock the ball past you and I run down the wing. And then it's either somebody files me or something happens, right? Uh, Dembele, another one should be dropping. The Ramos dropping, yeah, I know Ramos can play and he's got good spatial awareness. He's also theoretically your guy in the box, right? That's where he does his... True, a lot of his best you, need him, you need someone to hold the ball up. Because right. Colomani can't do that. But Colomani was playing as a left winger, which is another <laughs> stupidity about this, that you had Mbappe so central with Ramos. Dembele, I thought, was good. And the only time they played over the top is that Hakimi ball for Dembele in the second half. Where Dan Byrne doesn't really know where the ball is. And Lasselle somehow comes back from nowhere to make that, to, to make that kind of challenge... And he almost pushes a little he bit. He puts Dembele. him off the shot. But Dembele should have... It took far too long and that infuriated, infuriated ah. me. But yeah, there were so many things that PhD did wrong that they could have done much, much better. And I, I think on that occasion, Dembele said, all right, I'm up against Dan Byrne. He's lost. There's no way he can stop me. And he just had no idea that anybody else was coming. That's true. And but he still takes... But it, forever. But this is the thing when, we, when people talk about well, he had too much time to think about it or whatever it goes through their mind and the difference between kind of like the natural goal score and the instinctive one. I think Dembele there in that situation in the game said, all right, I got to get this right. I can't screw it up. And that's why he waits. And Lascelles, as you may, said, made a, yeah. made a great, I mean, tremendous. Yeah. Play. 
Dembele is so frustrating though, just quickly. I mean, that shot on Pope, it, he's so good and yet so frustrating because as you said earlier, the decision-making is not always great. There's a cross in the second half and Mbappe is on his own. He's open. It's a simple, it's a really simple cross. It just has to square the ball and he overhits it and Kylian can't get to it. It's just like those moments where you need to be precise and PSG were just not enough. The other obvious thing, somebody watching the game who knows nothing about football would have thought that Newcastle were turbocharged with energy. And I'm talking yeah. about, as you know, I'm not a big Anthony Gordon guy, but the guy can run and run. Yeah, yeah. Almiron, we know, is so. one of the best athletes. And he runs, and, and Almiron, probably more than Gordon, also runs and moves really, really intelligently. Yeah, that's true. And somebody watching it would be like, why is he doing this while that Mbappe fella is standing around? I, mean, am I, being, I don't know if I'm being too hard on Mbappe, but it seems to me that if you play Mbappe through the middle, or again, I mean, I don't know if the instruction was directly through the middle or, or, yeah. or whatever, or just spend a lot of time there. Obviously, you're not going to have any, any space behind. So you either create that, that little pocket where you get your shot off and hope that somebody delivers you the ball, which is difficult to do if you're not a natural center forward, which, which is not, or otherwise you have to find space. And, I mean, Craig slaughtered him on the UFC show last night for not tracking back, not doing defending, blah, 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 for making it easier. Fine. It's not his game. I'm not going to give him a hard time about that. Messi doesn't do that either. But Messi moves around and finds space. Mbappe, to me, showed no interest in finding space. It was almost as if Mbappe said, oh, you know what? Um, I'm going to play, like, you know, those, those static center forwards of, of yesteryear and just wait for the ball and finish. That's very. I'm going to be Jean-Pierre Papin. You know what? Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm, not, I'm not dissing Papin. I'm being no, unfair no, no, to Papin. No, 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 right? no, 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 but that's not his game. He's not great at it the way he is at doing other things. You have to feel the flow of the game and change things around. My understanding is he got slaughtered in in the French uh, press this morning, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they keep us two out of ten. Yeah, three out of ten in the Parisian. I think. Yeah, I mean, he didn't touch the ball much when he had it. He didn't do anything with it. His first shot is 85th minute. The, the body language at time was terrible. Uh, there's a couple of times where he loses the ball and then he's completely disinterested, doesn't try to get it back, doesn't run back to, to try to do something. He just, he just turns his back really to it. There's people in Paris saying how much he's going out at night and how many parties he's going to, which, which I know is the truth. I know people tell me enough. I'm just not sure if the reason why he was bad against Newcastle on Wednesday night in St. James's Park is because he goes out in Paris maybe more than he should. I don't know, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if that really is an impact when you're 24 years old. So, but, but what's for sure though, on top of all of that, is that this system doesn't work for him really. Certainly not when you play him centrally with Gonzalo Ramos. You play Colomani, Colomani on the left-hand side. Even Oliver Glasner yesterday saying like Colomani is not he's not a wide player. Don't play him there. So I'm struggling. I'm really struggling with that one. Um, at what point? Like I, I got two more points to make. One is strictly about Lucho in the sense that he is he's unorthodox. Um, he's unorthodox in his approach to football. He's unorthodox in his approach to life. Right? Yeah. When you have a guy, and he's also somebody who always gives me the impression that I don't need to be here. I can walk away at any minute. I'm not saying he's not committed when he's there, but he also strikes me as somebody who says, like, all right, 
if things are, if I don't like the working environment, I'm going to walk away because I'm Lucho. I'm a man. I, I don't do this for money. When it stops being fun, I'm gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, when you have somebody like that, it can create a very unusual dynamic in the dressing room with players. Yeah, although that's not where they are now. He's very so happy. They're still very much on board. Yeah, with, yeah. With I just think you got it. You got it wrong. It can happen. They're not rectifying it, not correcting it halfway through the game, or it's a bit strange. But as you know, because you kind of hinted it, he he lives and dies with his ideas, right? This is what he does. He he's a very extreme guy when it comes to this is what I want to do, and I will go to length and length to do it and not going to change because he's so stubborn. I mean, he's from Asturias. They are the most stubborn people on earth, I think. So, I don't know. He's very committed. He lives at the training ground. His wife and the two children who are grown up in their 20s have this lovely place in Paris, central Paris. He's decided to stay in the training ground and lives there. That's normal. You know who did that too? Rafa Benitez did that too. Yeah, yeah. in Naples. Like, I, I don't... I don't know. In a way, I like it. In another way, I mean, he goes to the to the family home, you know. Right. He's not, he, he sees his family, but but yeah. So I, no, I think this it was. I'm happy that this was game week two of the Champions League and not game week six with the qualification on the line, for example. I'm glad. I would rather you make a mistake now than in a last 16 second leg or quarterfinal second leg, for example. I'm just not too sure with Lucho, and it's still early to say how much he learns really from the mistake because I'm sure that he went home last night thinking that this was the right plan. We were lucky. They were great, but they were also so clinical that they can play that game again. You know, all that kind of stuff that we basically mentioned already. So let's see. I hope, I hope he's, he's learning from it though. So another point on Mbappe. And look, Mbappe, I think most people would agree, is if not the best player in the world, one of the top three players yeah. in the world right now, right? When you... You mentioned the body language, the apparent outer disinterest yeah. that, that we see a little bit. And look, it's apparent, right? It's not it's real. It's not right? the first time, yeah, but I, it's, we've seen it before. But I think my impression is people can deal with it with players who are older or players who, you know, I'm thinking of when you play with Lionel Messi. Yeah, you know, Cristiano. Yeah, or, yeah, or, or, Cristiano kind of or, or even Neymar in, 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 in his palm, yeah. right? But if I'm a Paris Saint-Germain player and I'm Mbappe's age or older than Mbappe like Marquinhos, I would really struggle with this. I would struggle with yeah. it because I was like, you know what? When you get to be Messi's age and you want to wander around, that's fine. At this age, we need you to be our leader. Especially yeah, now at yeah. 24, Neymar's gone, Messi's gone. Who's going to step up? I know. That's, I, that's fine. I, and I, that's... I think it's a tougher message to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. and equally, Dembele Colomwani, like, yeah, okay, guess what, dude? Like, you're better than we are, but you're not another dimension. No. Not yet, you know. It felt it felt very much, and I think we need to give a bit more love to Newcastle as well, but it felt, yeah, it felt that the two teams had very, not just very different energy, and they played differently anyway, but also very different attitude towards collective effort and this is a much better PSG team than anything we've seen in the last 10 years in terms of collective strength sort of like you know unity and everything this this season especially I mean, maybe it was not too obvious against Newcastle but, yeah, but usually usually they are they are much better we play for each other we fight for each other we are in this together kind of thing that must be why they're doing so well in the league 
No, but uh, some of the games that they drew, you know. No, but it's just, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think when you get a pass in with your national team, so when, when your national team head coach, in this case Deschamps, says to you in a World Cup, don't defend, I don't need you to defend, I don't want you to defend, I don't want to see you defending. Even even subconsciously, you must you must think, okay, then I will never do it, never, ever. And I think this is very dangerous because you can't win the Champions League if only 10 players press or 10 players counter press. Or not even 10, but do, do you see what I mean? Like, I, look, you I, need everybody on board, really, without the ball. All right, I, I take on board what you say. I would hope that Mbappe is intelligent enough to understand that Deschamps and Luis Enrique are different calibers of manager, different views on football, but also Deschamps working in a in a seven-game competition like the World yeah. Cup is going to be different from Luis Enrique I over, so over a 55-60 game season. Final point on Newcastle, they're top of the group. Um, you know, it's too early to make predictions about percentage chances, who's going through. No, really, no, because I think, and again, this is the beauty of, and we said it for the draw, how the fixtures fall, because really, of, of all, of, of the three back-to-back encounters that Newcastle could have had now for match day three and four, they have the easiest one. Dortmund are the weakest team in that group by far, even if somehow they didn't lose against Milan. But if your back-to-back is against Milan or your back-to-back games are against PSG, this is, this is a hell of a, of a, of a, you know, of a double game. If it's against Dortmund, they can easily win those two games home and away, and that's 10 points. And 10 points, because PSG and Milan will take points of each other. 10 points does get you through. One thing I would say is I, I don't know that it's going to be easy to take six points from Dortmund. It's not easy, but they are better than Dortmund. I don't know. They, I think they are. Better I, than they may be better than Dortmund. That doesn't mean you're going to take six no, points. No, I know, I know. But even they're in a very strong position right now. Even if it's a win and a draw, which would be, I think, I mean, I think Eddie Howe would take that now. Yeah, yeah. You know, then you're on eight points and you've got Paris Saint-Germain away and Milan at home. It's still very much a toss-up. I think yeah, this group is very much, very much wide open. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Paris Saint-Germain. Now, how about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. So, Jules, I was hoping to take a break from all the Manchester United negativity and doom and gloom. But they leave me no choice after the home defeat to Galatasaray. No point after two games. I mean, what could be worse if you you were both PSG and Manchester United fans? Because that would be a really bad week for you. 
I gotta say, I don't know what to if start. you're a Manchester United fan and a Paris Saint Germain no, fan, no, but you know what? Unless you're unless you're like half Parisian, half Mank, which is I, possible. You, 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 you really are which is a, a bandwagon jumping loser. Honestly, this Manchester United team. I mean, where do we start? Do we start on? on, on they managed. This club has managed to transform Onana, who was maybe the most, the maybe the best ball playing goalkeeper in the world, right? in terms of distribution, into one of the worst, because that pass that was intercepted by Dries Mertens on Tuesday night was just horrendous. They managed to play Sofian Amrabat, a left-back, the poor guy who is obviously heavily involved in the winning goal for Mikardi because he's in that left-back position. He hoofs the ball, I don't even know why, and then stays in position, not... Thinking, hang on, maybe I'm covering and playing someone on the side here. Oh, no! He can't. I mean, it's, this is just right. amateur stuff. Babe, who do you play a left back? Would you, would you have done? Because like, the only other solution I can do. You know, Drew Dalot can play left back. You play Dalot at left back and you play Lindelof at right back and then you. But this is still better. And then Johnny Evans at centre back? I don't, wait, wait. It doesn't matter. Uh, one Bissaka on one leg would do better than Sofian Amrabat at left back. This is, this is not. Sofian Amrabat at left back is not a thing. This is not possible. It is not a thing. All right. Mark Austin said he played there before. It's not because he played there before that you should play him in the Champions League game against a really good team because Galatasaray are good. At times they play United off the park, like on their second goal. United scored goals, two goals for Holland. They had chances. But overall, this is not good enough. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. Uh, so the numbers, for those who haven't noticed, it's uh, three wins, all season in all competitions, yeah. with the exception of the League Cup, which I don't count. No, nope. six defeats in ten games. Sixty yeah. percent of the games are sixty-seven percent because I don't count the League Cup. So six and nine. Yeah, those three defeats. One was against Wolves, where the wins, the wins. Which, wins sorry, the three yeah. defeats. One was against Wolves, where they, they, they had the late goal, which should have, which you know should have stood for Wolves, uh, or the, 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 sorry, yeah. the penalty. Um, one was against Nottingham Forest where they were two goals down and then yeah. Forest had a guy sent off. The other one was against Burnley where they got played off the park and then you had the Johnny Evans, Bruno Fernandes, one down assist. Yeah, exactly. uh, this is the reality right yeah. now. Yeah, okay. it is exactly. Gab, can we also show some love to Galatasaray though and there's incredible fans, 10,000 of them, who found some tickets in their home end. That's yeah, right. we'll, be, we'll be getting to that point later. Um you know what? We've seen Galatasaray, oh, big names, retirement, blah, blah, blah. No, anything but. I, I thought Mauri Cardi was, was was hungry and he was up for it. I haven't seen that much movement from Icardi since probably before he met Juan Donara. Yeah. Um, Apart from the penalty miss. He missed the penalty, but whatever. Actor Choglu, tremendous. I thought the, the guy who talents. came on, Yilmaz. Uh, Great talent as well. Though. They, they are really Playing good like the other Yilmaz. Yeah. Wilf Zaha, I think it's something to show as well. I hand in midfield. Lucas Torreira even. Passing the midfield. Sasha Bowie, the right back. Uh, Paris born and bred, that's why. uh, There you go. Oh, by the way, we can't let Casemiro, I even mentioned it before, but I can't let Casemiro get away with this. I'm sorry, let him score the goal. You're too important to this team. And he might not score. He might not even score. Exactly. Come on. If Ferran Torres' goal gives Barcelona 1-0 victory away to Porto, Slavin Yamal becomes the youngest ever start in Champions League history. And the other young guy, Gavi, gets sent off at the very end of the game. Jules, this was far from straightforward. And Porto very angry about that Jacques Cancelo handball. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, Eustachio controls the ball. And to be fair, it looks like the ball is almost half on the arm, half on the shoulder, maybe. Depends on the angle. Yeah. But then after that, just a really big, big, bad handball from, from... 
Joe Cancelo who gets away with that one because he was on a yellow card as well. So he would have yeah. been sent off and it would have been a penalty for Porto. Barca lost Lewandowski after half an hour through injury. Sounds like he's going to be okay. Yeah, it looks like it was more precaution than anything else. And they scored a goal with after a really bad mistake from Porto. But it's a well-taken goal, Gundogan for Ferran Torres. But they were just not good. They were, Porto were the better side, I thought, for most of that game. But you get a win and it's a, it was a big, this is a big win. Not many teams go to Porto and win unless you're Liverpool. So, <laughs> you know, it was good despite the fact that it was not a great performance. Manchester City bounced back from their defeat at the weekend. Awards with a 3-1 win away at Leipzig. Gab, the substitutes turned this one around for Pep. Yeah, I, I thought I thought City actually played really well in in the first half. Very well. Um, you know, Rodri and Enrico Lewis in, in midfield doing well. He had Bernardo Silva in there. They're controlling. Everything's yeah. fine. And then Leipzig equalized. And it's the start of the second half. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be one of those games where they figure out, screw it. You know, let's just draw, and then we'll we'll you know look at to the weekend. Yeah. And we'll, um, but no, he brings on Doku and and Alvarez, and and I thought they changed the game. Doku. Creating that space for himself to, to set up Alvarez with a finish. Um, Great finish. Tremendous wow. finish. After, after it looked to me like he meant and miscontrolled it at first as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Doku adding a third. You have those options. It just gives you it just gives you a lift. Leipzig, though, I thought really disappointing the first half, yeah. but spirit afterwards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Jules, we have a need for more quick hits. Let's take a break from Champions League to talk World Cup. Do you like FIFA's plan for 2030? (laughs) Three opening games in Paraguay, Argentina, and Uruguay to mark the centenary, and then the tournament itself in Spain, Morocco, and Portugal. Um, Nothing surprises me anymore. I won't, you know, be honest here. Uh, Doing a World Cup in three different continents, six different countries is... Mind blowing, really. I mean, I I don't mind it. I'll I'll have I I would want to be in South America for the opening game hundred years after the first World Cup. I think this is going to be exceptional in a way. I will. I suspect you and I will cover the rest of the tournament after that, traveling ten thousand miles from Argentina to Spain or Portugal or straight to Morocco. I don't know. I'm. I don't think he's great for the. F- I mean, for the fans, I guess. I don't make the fans' argument because it sets me off. No, but like I'm thinking, no, but I'm thinking, no, no, I'm not talking about traveling fans. I'm even talking like if you're a young Paraguayan kid and you see the World Cup, you see one game. What could Uruguay, Paraguay, and Argentina could not host the whole World Cup? Well, this is the thing, right? So there's a political thing. So those those were effectively the two bids, right? The South American yeah, yeah, they, bid with with Colombia too, I think, and 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 this one, right? You're only going to choose one of the two. So it's pretty much all or nothing. I think the sad thing is South America is probably not going to see a World Cup game at a minimum until 2038. Maybe beyond that. Maybe never, to be honest, right? The last World Cup they had in 2014. South America has done more for, for, for football and World Cups, I think, as much as any other continent, if not yeah. more than any other continent. So why so, couldn't they ho- not host it all? Why is not all theirs? Okay, this is where I'm doing my money sign, rubbing the fingers okay. together. Because 
Spain, Morocco, and Portugal, they do a deal. Oh, look, Africa. Here's the other thing, too, right? This way they can say, we gave a World Cup to Africa, when in reality, they don't want to have a World Cup in Africa ever again, because the only place to do it is South Africa, which obviously has a ton of problems right now. Elsewhere, if you do it, because the World Cup is about mining and infrastructure and hotels and lodging and sponsors. No and countries. Else. No countries. No con they don't feel any country right now is capable of doing it okay. and generating the kind of money that a World Cup in the US would generate or yeah. Qatar. So, in the end, it's a crappy situation. It's a crappy situation because ultimately it's a democracy with countries voting and power blocks and influence. So, Argentina, South America, they have 10 votes. There's 10 countries, right? So, they say, all right, give us this. And then we won't bother you. That, that's effectively what happened here. But also, and we will talk about it a little bit later, that means that the 2034 World Cup will go to another continent. So what's left? Oh! Honestly, at this stage, where it's so much about money, the only continents that can host World Cups on their own, in FIFA's view, I think, are, Euro are Europe, North America, and, uh, and Asia. Nobody Australia else. could as well. I, I'm not even sure they can do it on their own, but we'll get to that. Gab, you were not here on Monday when we discussed the VAR debacle in the Tottenham-Liverpool game. So now you're here. And be be before you came back, the PGMOL released the audio from the discussion between the VAR referees and the referee in that game. So they told us what was in it, right? We knew this on, on Sunday. Yeah. This is what happened. So that was no surprise. More surprising to me was... You have people telling him, Daz, what are you doing? Daz, stop the game. Um, and to hear it, to hear this guy, I, I'm just wondering, like, you know, I can... The mistake is difficult to accept, okay? Really difficult to accept, but whatever. He's human. We've all done really stupid, unexplained things. What I no. cannot accept is the lack of correction afterwards, is the fact that, you know what? You can stop a game. And I will make this... I made this analogy on the show, right? So I'm going to bring up more bad memories for you. 2006 World Cup final, right? Yeah. Zinedine Zidane headbutts Marco Materazzi. I'm going to let you in on a secret, okay? The referee didn't see it. The assistant referees didn't see it. The fourth official did not see it. No. Nope. He saw him on the ground, and he took a peek at the pitch side monitor, which he was not supposed to do because there was no VAR in those days. But you know what? It was the right thing to do. Sometimes you know what the right thing to do is, even if you break protocol. And that's what he should have done yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Simple that's, as. That's fair. Jurgen Klopp suggested that replaying the game would be the fair thing to do. Uh, but he knows that's not going to happen. Of course. He's right, Jules, no? Yeah, I see his point, of course. And but he's not serious. People are like, oh, Klopp is being silly. Nah, Mandy. He's not on. demanding anything. He knows. He's being he realistic. Knows. Exactly, right. exactly. I think it's the right thing to say, by the way. And also, he didn't blame the referee too much. I would have gone mad still four days on. I would have gone like, I never want to see those clowns ever again because, yeah, you are clowns, yeah. England and Cook and whatever your names are. He, he did, I, I really question. I was really happy with Klopp's reaction yeah. after the game and even in, the, in his press conference on Wednesday. Absolutely, I agree. An absolute rocket from Fede Valverde gives Real Madrid a 3-2 win away at Napoli. Fair result, Gab? I think so. I think Napoli will look bad and be like, oh, well, that Valverde, the shot, it was deflect that comes off the crossroad and then off the keeper and blah, blah, blah. And could we have defended better? Maybe if Zambon Gris doesn't just throw his hand in the air and Leo Ostergaard doesn't do his mannequin routine yeah. on Bellingham. Yeah. Equally, Real Madrid are, are a good team. Real Madrid can also go back and say, yeah, but that penalty with the ball touching the hand. Uh, I think in the end, I think Napoli... I think it grow, it'll grow their confidence a little bit. Maybe, uh, yeah. But Real Madrid are a better side. Yeah, right, they control that game. 
Happy days for your friend Joseph Ogurliad. I plan on mentioning uh, him every single show. I know, I know, I know you love this man. Um, as long as come from behind to be Arsenal 2 1 and Ali White comes good. Yeah, yeah. He was outstanding. He scored his uh, first goal at the, the weekend in Ligue 1, and now he did it again on Tuesday night. The assist as well is lovely. And Thomason, who's my boy, uh, with a lovely, lovely finish. Well done to him. Well done to Lance because I don't think Arsenal expected to face a team with so much energy so much intensity in their game, that would be in their faces all the time, that would derail the, the, the style of football, their passing movements, the way that the, 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 the two centre-backs, the two wide centre-backs went on Odegaard and Kai Havertz was really impressive tactically. From a tactical point of view, I th- Lance got everything right and he was one of those, a bit like Newcastle, one of those nights where just everything goes your way, you know, from the Saka injury to the chances that Arsenal missed in that second half. So, well done to Joseph. I see him next week, by the way. And to Lance. And, you know, for Arsenal, it's one to forget. Borussia Dortmund and Milan battle to a nil-nil draw at the Westfalen stage and Gab. More frustration for Stefano Pioli. They had enough chances again to win it. Both teams, I thought, had enough chances. This game could have gone either way. I thought Milan did play better. I think Pioli said, ah, why can't we go and, and, and finish this? The, 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 the Pobega chance, not his finest performance. But I think he did well to get in those situations. Yeah. If you're Pioli, take the positives. You played two games in the Champions League. You outplayed your opposition in both games. Whatever fallout there was from the derby, you're leaving it behind. And, and go and build on it. it, it things will come. Yeah. Copenhagen give uh, Bayern a real scare as it takes Musiala magic and the old warrior oh, Thomas Muller to turn it around. <laughs> Jules, our Tommy T keeps winning without impressing and don't this Muller. Did he win the ball? Did he set up Matthijs Tell for the winner? Somehow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Great play by Muller. Not good from Bayern, let's be honest here. Not good at all. Really but bad. They won. But they won. So I guess for now, you take that. He's better playing Badly and winning than playing badly and not winning, I guess. So, you know. Yeah, but the, the whole point with Tuchel was that they were supposed to be better. I right? know, but they, they're clearly right. not right now. Marcus Thuram scores the only goal as Inter been Benfica 1-0 at San Siro on a day where Lautaro Martinez could have scored five. Yeah, big three points. But are all those missed chances a concern? You know me, you know what I'm going to say. I get concerned not when you miss chances, but when you fail to create Red chances. Dead, and you know exactly. who disagrees with me? Fabio Capello. Because Fabio Capello says, well, missed chances are just about quality. Quality players finish chances because they have that instinct, they have that confidence. And worse players are the ones who don't finish chances. Like, I haven't won as much in my career as a manager as Fabio Capello. So I I will defer to him. Yeah. But I disagree. And I think a lot of analytics people would disagree with him. Not to be worried. Alvaro Morata scores two goals as Atletico Madrid come to come back to, to beat Feyenoord 3-2. Jules, this could have gone either way. Yeah. Dutch defending aside, um, I'm impressed with Arne Slot. I'm impressed with him and with them overall, considering especially, we've said it before, but we're going to say it again, they lost a lot of key players in the summer. They, they signed a lot of new players and yet they're still as good as they were last season, pretty much, maybe even better. So well done to them. This game... I've got a big issue with the Atletico first goal, the Morata first goal. As you know, Gabi, because I've told you already, it's a kind of a cross from the right-hand side and there's the Feyenoord defender. Behind him is an Atletico player. I think he's Griezmann. So the, the Atletico player behind him is, is offside, right? The defender plays the ball, tackles the ball, that then kind of rebounds onto his leg into Morata's path who then scores the goal first there's an offside flag up 
So the referee cancels the goal. Then he goes and it's a French referee, by the way, Le Texier. Then goes to the screen and sees it. This, this goal should never stand because the, the only reason why the defender is playing that ball is because behind him there's an Atletico player who is offside. But that, he doesn't know that he's offside. He plays the ball because otherwise, if he doesn't play the ball, the guy behind him has the ball and it's a big chance for Atletico Madrid. So he has to play the ball. Yeah. He has to play the ball. I know, I know the player behind him is not technically active because he's not playing for the ball. But still, but if he's he was, there. he's there. And in a way, that makes him active enough because you force the defender to make a move to prevent him from getting the ball behind him. It's not the first time we've seen calls like this. I think technically, Letexier applied the yeah, yeah, instructions. Yeah, that's the rule. I think the reason the rule is like this is because they wanted to take some discretion away from the referees because you have to make the judgment about where you're playing the ball, where you're not playing the ball, right? So they yeah. want to try to take some of that discretion away and make it more black and white because otherwise you get, you know, another bunch of Muppet ex-pros and, or not just ex-pros, or colleagues too, like, oh, you don't even know what offside is anymore, blah, 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 what a handball is. And they want to take that discretion away and have very, very clear rules. Yeah. When you do that, you set yourself up for situations like these. Yeah, completely. It's another buzzer beater for Lazio Gab. I mean, <laughs> the match they won was not a winning goal, but it was an, an equalizer. This time, it's a winning goal in the... Fifth minute of added time, little Pedrito, the smallest player on the pitch, to get three points away at Celtic. All right, fifth minute of added time. That is Lazio time, baby. Incredible. Uh, look, um, tremendous, tremendous if you're a Lazio fan. Celtic, I think, a little bit hard done by. Yeah, also, the way the guy gives the ball away on, and don't stuff. Don't do it there. There's at no 95th. reason to. Just boot it. Exactly. You get your draw, whatever. On the run of play, I don't think Lazio played well. Um, there's a stupid expression that my countrymen like to use, especially people in football, which I think is so wrong. Like, oh, Lazio knows how to suffer. And I'm like, you know what? It's stupid. You know, no, Nobody chooses to suffer. If you're suffering, it's because the other team are playing better than you better and than have the upper yeah. hand. It's exactly. not like it's a choice you make. Certainly not a choice Sarri would make. Yeah. Sarri came out and he said, we are not a great team. And, you know, guess what, Maurizio? Stop clock and everything. You are correct. We're not a great team yet, <laughs> but very happy for Pedrito. Yeah, and I feel and I feel bad for Celtic. And yeah. Ganduzi cross because it's a lovely cross. Yeah, people made a big deal out of it. like, oh look, all this sub. This is the other thing people always do. Not like, bad. They're the two subs. subs. No, no, can do one. Not just Isaacson as well coming on. Yeah, and Pedro and and, and I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, so it's got to be Sarri's genius. Oh, hang on, hang on. You said that Pep Guardiola won the game with his substitutions. So said that Sarri won the game with his substitutions as well. No, because Pep Guardiola has won the game with his substitutions because the substitutes did something special. Here they won the game because Celtic, one Celtic player made a tremendous mistake he shouldn't have made. Still, there's still two subs who won the game. They All scored right. the winning goal. All right. More late magic, Jules. Yeah. How about Jordan Teze in injury time to give oh. Paisley Eindhoven a deserved 2-2 draw at home to Sevilla after the Noah Lang show, by the yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a game where the first half was absolutely useless, dreadful, really dreadful, where nothing happened. So then I'm a, I'm a halftime. It was one of my games on the goal show. I was like, oh my, I've got a second half of that coming. But no, because that second half was incredible. Really, they had... Chances, end-to-end -end things. Noah Lang, who looked more and more like Neymar, as in not facially, but the way he plays, the way he moves, the way he dribbles. Incredible. He could have had two goals. He did the woodwork. Twice Sevilla were in the leads. 
I mean, the... Uh, the good day the good goal, day by the way. How does he do that? Incredible. The athleticism to volley like that. The pace. I mean, it's like, great dude, second half. Dude, somebody should tell him, Nemanja, you're a defensive midfielder slash center, center back. back. You're somewhere between your fellow Nemanjas, Matic yeah. and Vidic. You're, you're not hit, supposed to do this. I know, you're a hit man. You're a hit man. You're not really Incredible. good. Incredible. And in fairness, you're right. I think it's a fair result. Even if Sevilla would feel like they were so close to winning that game, which would have been huge for them. But amazing, really, really amazing, even from a Peter Bosch team, to be fair. We're not done with the late heroics, Gabby, because Andre Castro, 35-year-old Andre Castro, with the injury time winner for Braga, who came back from two goals down away at Union Berlin. Yes, producer Freddie, very, very upset. upset. Especially, I'd be upset too. I'm 2-0 up at home. Against Braga, yeah. okay, and I am yeah the Bundesliga Union Berlin. Us Fischer. Yeah, no, and and they're, they're they're flipping out and they're all unhappy about the fact they have to play in the in the Olympic Stadium rather than at the Alte Forsterei. They even had a sign up saying like we need the Alte Forsterei, okay. we need the air to breathe. So we seventy eighty thousand Union fans were there to see this game. Okay, I know they lost, but they would be there to see Real Madrid and Bellingham and Vinicius, etc. They would be, okay, instead it would be 20. In that, really? (laughs) The the Union fans don't want an extra 60,000 of their own fans witnessing this moment of history? I suspect the Union fans would say, like, a lot of these people aren't our own fans. They're just rando fans in Berlin. But they only have 20,000 fans, no more. I don't know that they have many more than that, to be honest. But okay. whatever, whatever the case is, you're two 0 up. Geraldo Becker somehow getting two goals, yeah. And then and then Braga gets back into it. And I have to say though, the 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 maybe the best goal from this midweek, the cleanest strike, oh. cleaner yet, oh. cleaner more better than Fede Valverde, but oh, that was yeah. tremendous. Yeah. This Bruma goal. Oh my word! You cannot. It's a miracle of physics. You cannot physically hit a ball better than that. So Roberto Carlos-esque with his right foot finish shot, whatever you want to call it. But, but, but Roberto Carlos, when he when he used to do that, the ball used to swerve a million times. I suspect Roberto Carlos had no idea where the ball was going. True. Bruma does. True. True. true, true. I, that, that's just incredible true, what he does. True. Check it out if that's you haven't seen yeah, it. Definitely. You want more drama and more comebacks? Yes. Tours? How about Shakhtar Donetsk coming back from two goals down to win 3-2 away to Antwerp? And by the way, can we just shout out to my man Rakitsky? Talk about somebody who does not look like a footballer anymore. Yeah, he should not be playing football anymore. <laughs> oh my God. He should not. He, he looks like he looks like the guy in like the, the butcher shop. Or yeah, something. yeah. Or even WWE, you know, it could be great. I mean, there's a few expressions that I hate in English about football, like, oh, he's not wearing his shooting boots. This one really <laughs> wound me up. Another one, oh, it was a game of two halves. Yeah. Like, uh, and I really hate that one. But in fairness, in this game, Antwerp in the first half were so dominant. Their young kid, Arthur Vermeeren, who's 18, who is the future of Belgian football, with a, a, the second pass, ex- exceptional. Like Kevin De Bruyne would be really proud to have put a pass like that. And then after the break, it's just changed completely. And Shakhtar were all over there playing really good football at times. A bit lucky on the first goal, it's a bit scrappy and stuff. But then Danilo Sikan with two goals, your boy Rakitsky with a deflected. <laughs> and then, even when it's 2-2, if you're on to just take that. Take that. And then Jean Butez, the French goalkeeper, go... I mean, I don't know. Like, you, you say brain fart all the time. Just goes and try to not have a... not consider a corner. Instead... 
literally hand the ball back to Shakhtar who cross and then they score it's just an amazing blunder I, it's almost like but it's funny because he looks at him he sees him he's like oh I'll try to get yeah, this ball here you go. it back into play uh, by the way Rikitsky looks like those you know when you have those like over over 45's Masters games and you see like yeah. former <laughs> athletes on the pitch I, I don't want to be too harsh on him but yeah I, no, but yeah, we say, oh, I don't remember him like this. When you go when retirement, you, has not has not been good for him. Well, Ratiski is not retired yet, and yet he looks like he's a retired player. Incredible. But hey, he scored. They won. Well it's done a really them, good yeah. win for them. Exactly. Let's take a break from the Champions League excitement again, Gab, to talk Chelsea. Because they won a game, and they scored a goal. Yeah, it's funny. Um, and yet still they have less points than Manchester United in the table. Yeah, this means. Yeah. But no, look, it's, it's, a, it's an away win at Fulham. Not something you take for granted. And... What you're encouraged about is they scored their first goals in the league since August 25th, wow. which feels like a, a lifetime ago, because yeah. it was. Uh, Mihailo Mudrik, his first ever Chelsea goal took 10 months, but he got yeah, there, took the goal well. By the way, Levi, Levi Colwell. Oh, wow. Wow, cross. wow. I'm starting to rethink this. Maybe because you were very critical of him playing a left back. No, no, I'm not critical of him. I'm saying like. No, no, of Pochettino for playing him a left back. Because I think you can play him in the middle because he's better than the center backs that they have. Yeah. But you know what? He's better than the left backs they have too. <laughs> uh, if, if you can hit a ball like that, more power to you. Man, maybe about, this is where you start thinking back yeah, three. What about Cucurella right back? Did you like that? I don't. I, <laughs> I, I've seen this more than once. I don't need to keep seeing this. Um, but also, can we give a shout out to my man Armando? Yeah, of course. I told you. You said, you said all along. You said all along. I want Armando to learn Portuguese and say, Calma, eu estou aqui. Although you know you knew nothing about the goal, right? You, it's, it's very much more of a team Ramon right goal place, than Rosa. Right time. He's not even, he's just running. It's Trust just... in Armando. You know what? I have a column coming out about. On the Armando Broja? No. Oh, okay. It's about Rasmus Hoyland, right? And about. What a big deal it is to be this young, play as a center forward, uh, as a starter, and expecting yeah. a starter, right? And I look back over the past five years, how many players played at least 60% of their games uh, at center forward before their 21st birthday, or actually it was 21 or younger, right? All right. There have only been two in the Premier League that have done it. Um, one is Armando Broja. The other one uh, was Marcus... Sorry? Oh, no, I thought we were going to say Holland. Holland was... No, because he was already 21. Oh, so the other so one was, 21, was, okay. was, was Marcus yeah, Rashford. But even around Europe, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. very few who've done yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Holland's obviously done it twice. Um, it's extremely rare. Nobody's done it at a big club. Whatever. That's an argument for another time. Read my column when it comes up. <laughs> Real Sociedad made quick work of Salzburg, winning 2-0 away. Jules, they've looked really good in their first two games. Really, really good. They should have had all three points against Inter, as you know, uh, at the Anoeta. And this one, they go away. They win, they play great. I mean, they have two, sorry, they have three of the best left-footed players in Europe right now, Noya Sabal, Bryce Mendes, and Kubo, of course. And when they're on tune, or in tune, on song, in tune, yeah. whatever, they're just so lovely to, and it's so lovely to watch left-footed, talented players anyway, because they're just so I know you got especially excited for left-footed centre-backs. Uh, yeah, I mean, left with the centre backs. Yeah, sorry, Robin Lenormand is, is he needs to learn to play with his left foot. Especially with yeah. the, yeah. But, but great win. I, we've said before that we like Galatasaray as the kind of dark horse, if you want. I think Real Sociedad also won, and well done to them. Back to Chelsea Gab, Rich James, as predicted, received a one game ban for abusing match official when they played Aston Villa last month but it doesn't seem to be too much of a punishment no because he's injured this is this is one of those things where you know you talk about protocols and stuff this is stupid he's injured so like oh yeah he's gonna miss a game while he's injured he'll be back to face arsenal this is not a punishment i to be fair to reese james he came he admitted it i got no issue with him he lost his cool he admitted it he took it on the chin yeah 
you can't give him a longer ban because he's injured, but you also have to recognize that maybe you need a different mechanism. Can you put a ban once he's fit again? Like say like, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't follow this. I don't follow this at all. Like no, because you know this is the case. Like Lisandro Martinez isn't back until the new year. You know maybe Ten Hag is a motivational technique can get Lisandro to go and like assault a referee <laughs> with with his crutches or whatever to try to get the. I mean it's, it's yeah, that's a great idea. Um, there was excitement almost everywhere in this Champions there League. There was. Jules. We're talking about Red Star Belgrade and Young Boys last. Yeah. But this was a really wild game too. And how it about that? Osman Bukhari. Great. You know what? I love players who actually think. And and I don't know Bukhari at all. I don't know if he's an intelligent kid or not. But he clearly saw that the um, Young Boys goalkeeper... Makiopi was going to what was anticipating a cross from that right hand side, and that he was ready going for the cross. Yep. So there was a big gap at the near post for a shot, and he took the shot really, really well. I love those kind of goals because it it, it, make, it shows that you were smart, that you thought about it. I don't think it's a fluke at all. I think he saw it, tried it, it went in. Well done. It was a two-two draw in the end. I think he set up the other goal as well. Yeah, it's the NDI goal, the first goal. I think it was good for young boys to come back from one nil down to go two one up. They could be a bit disappointed not to have won the game, but that was good. You know, technically it was not the best of games, but there was really a lot. It's fun game. Yeah, it's fun game. Exactly, that's the right sense. And it's just about official gab. The UK and Ireland look set to host the 2028 Euros. Yeah, because Turkey withdrew their bid because Turkey did it. We told you this. I mean, it, it, there's only so, so many predictable. countries I know. that can do it. So once Turkey decided, hey, let's host jointly with Italy for 2032, um, then only UK and Ireland are left for 2028. So, gee, I wonder okay. who's going to get it. It's fine. I, 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 Good for them. It's a bigger Euros. You need to accommodate the space. You need countries with the infrastructure. Yeah, so five countries. Let me have it. Fun. I'm good with it. Yeah. Louis van Gaal will return to Ajax as a special <laughs> advisor to the club. Jules, is he the answer? I mean... It's going to be more fun than Mislintat. True, true. He's 72 years old. I saw the tradition, the Ajax... So what, Roy Hodgson's 98 years old. And- the Ajax DNA, I get it. Um, I, I expected... Mo- and my, Some more appointments might come after that. Yes. And I hope for them. Because I'm not really sure how much we've got right now is a game changer for what's happening at the club. On the pitch, off the pitch, structurally, in terms of the direction that the club wants to take. Are we stuck into the past in that kind of tradition? Or do we want to be a bit more modern, maybe? A bit of mix, a bit of both? I don't know. I'm sure there were other candidates, but to go and get someone who was retired. Yeah. I, look, I, I don't like many of the things Louis van Gaal has done and said in the last 15 years. Yeah. Um, I think he's done and said a lot of silly, stupid things. However, the man is an icon. So if he's back yeah, yeah, to be a symbol, um, you know, this is the man who, years he wrote a poem to Ajax and read it you know, during like, a press he conference. I know he, he loves cries. You know, no. Um, as a symbol, that's fine. If he wants to start getting into the engine room and tinkering, maybe yeah. that's where you draw the line and you say, Louis, Leave it. Yeah. Maybe. As we mentioned before, that 2030 World Cup agreement means that it looks very likely now, Gav, that Saudi Arabia would get the 2034 World Cup. And yesterday they announced the official bid. Yeah, doing it for all the young football fans in Saudi Arabia. I, yep. Look, I don't know what the world's going to look like or what Saudi's going to look like in 2034. Um, it is a politically charged part of the world. Yeah. 
equally, we're in a situation now, and I think we just have to accept it because I don't see how it's going to change unless we get a different World Cup and people have different expectations. But there's only three continents that can host World Cups um, at this stage. You, know, you mentioned before Australia, Australia and New Zealand. No, you don't think so? 48-team World Cup, that is a big, big ask of Australia. It's not a big contest. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, I know that's fair. Cutter did in, they're much smaller, but Australia's not going to go and burn money on pointless yeah, projects. And away build 10 stations, yeah. So Australia and New Zealand, I mean, there was actually talk of maybe doing it with somebody else, maybe Indonesia, whatever, somebody who's... You know, close. Well, we think Australia and New Zealand is far from everything. They're not. They actually have countries yeah, They're still far. Still far. Um, but the point is, it's Asia. Asia's only going to back one continent. Saudi kind of runs Asia right now. Yeah. So they're going to be in there. And I, I, I don't know. I think they need to... Like, we could seriously be heading towards a situation where it's going to be the same three continents over and over again. And that might be something to think about. Samuel Eto'o is president of the Cameroon FA, but he's in trouble, Jules. Uh-oh. He's being investigated Uh-oh. for helping to fix matches in the country's second division. Yeah, it's a story that you might have come across already because it's, it's actually a few months old. But we have the audio but now. We have the audio now where you clearly, I think, and you, you know Samuel Eto'o better than I do, but I, even I, I think, can recognize his voice where he's clearly saying, basically, this team has to come up. We, have, we need them in the top flight in Cameroon. He's talking to the owner of this other team, yeah. allegedly. The owner of the other team says, no, he's not, it's not me that I'm talking. He's not talking to me. He's I talking mean, to somebody else. I, but like, who else is he going to talk <laughs> that, to? Exactly. And for someone who came in saying, like, you know, I'm going to change things here. This is a new era, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's actually I, a really bad look. It's a terrible look if proven, um, by the way, and he's got the assumption of innocence. Yeah. It does not look good. I, I don't think this is something that you do. I don't think Samuel Eto'o, if, if he has done this, he's not doing it because he's getting paid, he's making money off it. It's about keeping and consolidating power yeah. in what is, uh, these are political positions. And unfortunately, this is part of politics. We see this in the real world too. Um, but... Uh, he's really let himself down yeah, if, if he's done this. Definitely. Getafe Stadium, the Coliseum, Alfonso Perez is no more, Gab. From now on, it would just be the Coliseum. So first of all, did you know that I had no idea? Alfonso Perez, the former player. Yes. Right, yeah. I, I, I remember no, him. I had no idea it's him. Like, he's a guy, he, he was at Real Madrid early in his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Career. But he's, you know, Spanish international, but like... You know, yeah, good, good player. Good player, but, you know, it's not like he no, was... No, it's not. He's not like David Villa and Raul rolled into Yeah, Maradona right? either. But he's from Getafe, although he never played for the club. And I guess he's the most, I don't know, maybe he's the most famous football-related person. Really? That's why the stadium... Seriously, I thought it must be some other Alfonso Perez. From, yeah, yeah, like you know, a very famous writer from, you know, 100 years I, ago. Or I don't know. Or something. Um, but they removed his name because he gave an interview to El Mundo where he said, and I quote here from the Reuters story, uh, female football has evolved, but they have to keep their feet on the ground and know that in no sense can they be equated to a man footballer. Now, Alfonso, taken on its own, depending what you mean by equated, no, they probably can't because they have different biology and different shapes. Yeah. Uh, if by that you mean they can't be identical, no. But do you mean that they should have the same rights and opportunities? I would hope so. I don't know if this is what he means. Um if you're really cynical, people close to him have said, oh, look, of course they don't want it. So now they can, you know, rename this as the Riyadh Coliseum or something and take sponsorship money. I don't think it's that. Um, I think in the current climate, though, to say something like this Come is on. extremely insensitive Come and inappropriate. On. Yeah, I agree. 
Burnley be Luton to record their first win of the season, Jules. I only mention this because we're massive Vincent no, Company fans. No, but it's fans. big. This is big because there was obviously the it was game week two of the season. The game was postponed because obviously the stadium in Luton was not ready for the Premier League, and and. I felt, I felt, I know there's still a lot of games to be played and loads of points to win or to be won or to not won, not to be won. But I, if this felt like a big occasion somehow, you know, Luton won obviously at the weekend before away at Everton. So to go home then against a team that you expect to fight against for to not go down, I, I felt it was big and the, the game was not a great game. Not. But we saw three goals, two let ones. He came back to 1-1 and Luton maybe thought, we've got the momentum here, we're going to go and win this. And in the end, Burnley did win it. It was, yeah, and well done for Vinny. I made win Vinny because Ooh. it's his first ever Premier League win as a manager as well. So Actually, well but they've, they've had a really, really rough fixture list in their first seven games. Yeah. Um, so now things get easier and we'll see what they can do. Yeah, let's see. More bad news for Everton. We just mentioned the defeat against Luton and the prospective new owners, the 7-7-7 partners group. Yeah, so the Daily Mail reporting that they've missed more payments to Uh-oh. the British Basketball League that they, which they they part own. Um, they also missed payments. Or Vasco da Gama, one of the clubs that yeah. they own, they've actually uh, been hit with a transfer ban from FIFA because they owe money to other clubs that allegedly hasn't been played. It's just. But not, how can they be allowed to buy Everton then with all of that? Well, they haven't been allowed to buy Not them. yet. But. Not yet. Uh, a lot of clubs have expressed concern over this. Obviously, they own clubs around Europe, you know, yeah. from Standard Liège or to Berlin to Genoa. Red Star. Um, Red Star in Paris, so they own a chunk of Sevilla. I, I don't understand this business model no, of what no. they're trying to do. Um, I will say this, though. It's 777 is 777. If the Premier League decides that they're not fit to buy 777, I hope... To buy Everton. Sorry, to, to buy Everton. I hope the Bundesliga, with all their billion controls, France with a DCNG, yeah. whatever the hell, Italy, hope they go back and say, well, wait a minute, should we reopen this case and take another look at it? Because... That's a fair point. Uh, you know, are the Premier League really tougher and more demanding than these other countries? I, probably more demanding and tougher than Italy. But I wouldn't expect them to be more demanding no, than Germany or France when it comes to owners. Yeah. Although, mind you, in no. France, we've had Bordeaux, we've had Lille. Yeah, we've had, but we've that had was like pretty crappy you know, 30 owners. years ago. It was, no, it was 6th oh, Street was more recently, no? Yeah, true, true. So, actually, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're and Lille right. was uh, our pal before... Gerard Lopez, yeah. Gerard Lopez, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, no you're right, sorry. Yeah, I thought you meant, Ger- you meant like Tapie, Bears, and, you know, all the 90s crazy stuff. Gerard Lopez was Bordeaux as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lille I wonder where he's going next Sorry, Gerard. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Gerard. But Everton, maybe, for you? <laughs> Stop. Don't give me any ideas. Jules, I'm so bored by this United sales story that I'll let you handle the latest news involving our friend Sir Jim. So I was, I was kind of hoping that this would be a question for you because, as you know, I'm as bored as you even more. This doesn't interest me whatsoever. From what I understand and what I read, Sir Jim Knight will be happy to only get 25% of United, so just minority shareholders, instead of trying to buy the whole club. Um, so to keep the Glazers kind of happy and involved in the club, if, if that's what they want. So what, he was changing his mind? Is that is that how you I would describe I, it? Uh, I guess so. I mean, look, seems obvious to me you have some Glazers that are active and involved in the club yeah. and whatever, like like Avram and, 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 and obviously Joel Glazer. 
And then you've got some like 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 the sister Darcy, the other one, the weird one, or or the one who who's involved with the football. <laughs> the uh, sorry, oh, sorry, the weird one is Avram, of course. Um, but, uh, some of them don't care, and some of them no, clearly presumably want to liquidate their shares. So I would think Sir Jim buys a share of the uninterested Glazer siblings. Yeah. But my question is, if you're Sir Jim, you're in your mid seventies. Why are you doing that? Yeah, you do it because you want to run it, right? Exactly. <laughs> What's the think? point? It's your club. You've been a fan all your life. Well, it's just to get, you know, photos with the players. Well, yeah, it's your club. You've been a fan all your life. Yeah, that's okay. right. That's, he's from there, no? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. he says. I, I know. Yeah. I know. Another time, he was a Chelsea yeah, fan yeah, too. Yeah, but sure. whatever. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. More United, the club are investigating how hundreds of Galatasaray fans got tickets in the home end. We mentioned that at the start of the quick hits. Yes, yeah, so um, you're investigating. I, I, I will explain it to you. The way they got the tickets in the home end is that somebody sold them the tickets. Clearly. I don't know for a fact. I'm pretty sure Manchester United home games at Old Trafford for the Champions League don't go on general sale. No. So it would have been club members or season ticket holders yes. who decided, oh, let me go and yeah, get a test. Cash in. Let me go and cash in and, and go sell this to, to, to my, my, my friend Osman or whatever, right? <laughs> Burak. Uh, uh, you know, that's the reality of it. Now, they're unhappy because they were causing a ruckus. And uh, apparently, you know, they have those banners at Old Traver. Yeah. They tore down one of the fan banners, that which said something quite sweet. There's nothing on earth like being a red. Oh. Um, guys, for me, it's very simple. I, I think if you are a season ticket holder, you buy a ticket and you want to sell it on the secondary market, I think it's your decision, right? As a fan, it sucks because you want to have all your fans in there. Real world, free market, okay, fine, you can sell it. And clubs even have resale yeah, platforms, platforms, right? On so the clubs, the clubs accept this, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, remember Frankfurt going to Barcelona when they had more people, more, more Frankfurt yeah, fans exactly. in the stadium almost than Barcelona fans? However, if I'm Manchester United, and Jules, you're a season ticket holder, and because you're a season ticket holder, you have a right to buy that to buy that ticket yeah. for a Champions League game. I say, Jules, you can resell it to whoever you want. You can resell it to Satan if you like, but anything happens, you're responsible. Yeah, and that way you make sure that if they sell it, they sell it to friends or family or or people where you have some comeback. Right? Yeah. If I go and I sell this to Mister Dodgepot uh, uh, Ticket Tout. And then he goes and he sells it to some psycho who starts tearing down, uh, uh, tearing down banners. Jules, I come Fair back enough. and say, yeah. Jules, season ticket yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah, you're suspended for the rest of the season. Yeah, that is how you fight it. And and I wouldn't be surprised if they come to some conclusion like this. Inter Miami lose four one to the Chicago Fire last I... night. Lionel Messi didn't play because nope. he's still injured, uh, but he's still in the news. Which is why we're talking about him. Reports in Spain say that he'll go back to Argentina. Newell's old boys in 2025, where it all started, when his MLS deal is up. While Inter-Miami owner Jorge Mas says he's going to make sure that Messi's final game is in Barcelona. I Do these people just talk about <laughs> Messi? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... Wait, who's, the, who's more Nostradamus? More I don't know. Nostra Jorge Mas? I like the fact that... 
people would want him to say a proper goodbye to Barcelona, which he never really did. I mean, I don't know whose fault is that so far. There's no time. It's Messi's fault. It's Laporta's fault. I don't know who's Negreira's fault. I don't know whose fault it is, but like... If Jorge Mas wants it to happen and can make it happen, I'm sure Messi would be very grateful for it. Yeah, so maybe Jorge Mas can buy Barcelona and sign that's him or whatever. Yeah, I, mean, that's, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how... Play friendly against Barcelona? I mean, what, yeah, but what, that's, what, a bit, that's a bit rubbish too. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I like the fact that the Chicago Fire like had Messi injuries update, like if he was one of their players <laughs> and of their squad saying, you're coming, you've paid a lot of money for your ticket, but he won't be there. I don't Truth know. Truth in Messi advertising. Might, yeah, exactly. Hey, by the way, news all, news all boys. I'm romantic. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. Ali Tihar's Asian Champions League game against Iran, Sepahan, was called off on Monday because the Ali Tihar players never came out of the dressing room, Gab. Politics coming to football again? Why? Uh, this is so, so stupid and so unnecessary and so unfair to football. Um, so basically, Ali Tihar, obviously a, a Saudi team, they were playing Sepahan. Um, they say that the, the, they put a statue of this, uh, this guy, um, uh, Soleimani, who was a leader of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard who was killed in 2020 or whatever. That statue suddenly appeared at the stadium <laughs> in a place where Behind the, the bench is going to be, yeah. Now, I'm sure, like, you know, Fabinho goes by and says, oh, my God, that's Soleimani, I'm upset. No, obviously. <laughs> How about you just pretend you don't see the freaking statue of Soleimani and let your players go and play, right? How that, about That doesn't say, come from the, from the players, surely, right? They, they, it's... it's no, somebody should yeah. stand up to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it didn't come from MBS either, right? But whoever it was, don't turn this into a political issue. This is not so what hilarious. anybody wants. So this hilarious. is just is so, so, so stupid. Um, I, again, and, and Iran, well, it was Sepahan or whoever put the stupid statue there. Well, why are you trying to troll them? Honestly, like, I, I would love, I'm not holding my breath because it's the AFC. Yeah. I would love a proper investigation. And you know what? If those two things are true, like if it. the one side are trolling them and the other side are, are being babies, chuck them both out. Yeah. Honestly, we, we don't need this in football. So is the game going to be replayed without the statue, I guess, right? They- I, I, I have no idea. I could, I could care less. I, I, I think I wish these people would act like grown-ups. Oh. You, have enough, you can talk politics enough without having it come and, and infect a football match. That's true. That's true. Jules, this brings us to uh, uh, to an end. Yeah. Um, you won't be here on no, Monday because I'm on assignment. But you are on assignment. Yes. There you go. Um, but well, you'll be capably replaced. So come back then because uh, uh, there's a big, big weekend oh, ahead. Yeah. You might have heard Arsenal, Man City in the Premier League. Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed 
the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 